How about we just jump to our feet? Let's just put our hands together and welcome up Pastor Des Chettle. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, how are you? If you just turn me down a wee bit, that'd be great. I was sharing the gospel quite a few years ago outside the... um, cathedral in town and a guy he punched me in the mouth and as he punched me in the mouth I it was like slow motion I saw my tooth leave my face oh wow and he tried to steal my shoes but anyway the reason I say that is this morning when I was getting ready to come I I I travel with a little tooth a little false tooth and I was going to put my little false tooth in And I thought to myself, well, I don't wear my little false tooth when I'm at home, so why on earth would I wear it at my home church? So I'm not wearing my little false tooth. So there you go. There's a wee fun fact for you. How was that? There's a bit of a flop, that one. (laughs) Okay, so uh, we've got the timer going. I can't see it, so that's good. Praise God. So I just want to share a little bit um, what Breezy and I have been up to, um, been travelling a lot, which is good. I've, this year I've already done two Aussie trips and uh, I've got a whole heap more booked in this year. We've got a few weekends free, haven't we Breeze? No, no I'm not allowed to do any more, any more bookings for this year. So that, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's a lot, so please keep us in your prayers. You know, our family gets smashed when I travel, and uh, so please keep us in your prayers. Uh, Breezy starts a new adventure tomorrow. She's starting her uh, degree at Laidlaw to become a Christian counsellor. Isn't that exciting? Yep. We had our 14th wedding anniversary this week, so, you know, next year she'll probably have the tools to work me out, so that's good. So we're excited about that, and we've got wee Benji here, love you Boodle, and Shy. When I was in Aussie a couple of weeks ago, a dude came up to me and told me a testimony, and it felt in my heart, wow, it's so nice to hear something positive, because when you're travelling like I do, and you've got tattoos on your neck and funny hair, quite often you hear a lot of criticism. So it was so lovely for my heart to hear something nice. So I said to him, hey, bro, would I be off to film that and play it at my church? So I've made a little video for you guys today. Do you want to see it? Yeah, yeah cool. Check it out. Jesus really saved you. Oh, not you, that hey. one. The other one, bro. You did. does five years ago there was a kid at this youth camp and he was running so far from God that he didn't know what to do with himself he was just there for a good time but one night he got up and he shared a fake testimony to try and convince everyone he was a Christian but you called him out you called him out of the crowd and you stood him up and said bro you're called to preach but you're gonna know what you're preaching so get into the word and man he wanted to punch you in the mouth hey he wasn't happy and God's called you to preach but you've got to know what you're preaching but there was a seed and it was a real seed and it got so deep in his heart now it took some time and he went through his battles but three years later 
He started to really take up his cross and learn what it meant to be a Christian. He's finding himself in environments where he should be getting knifed for preaching the gospel. He's going to all these places and preaching so boldly, but he also really just wanted Jesus and he wasn't going to let anything stop him. No matter how much persecution came his way, no matter what got in his way, he wanted Jesus and nothing was going to stop him. Because I know Jesus, I don't do drugs, I never had sex, I don't drink, and like honestly, never had sex, keep it in my pants until the first dance, keep the Lord's blessing before I start undressing, come on, guys, honestly, Jesus is king, bro. You're looking at that kid, that was five years ago that you called me out of that crowd, and you sowed that seed in my life, and it took a while for it to germinate, but this is the power of a seed. Yeah, so once I was at this, this rave in the bush, one guy walks past and goes, man, are you reading the Bible? I said, absolutely. Eventually, I ran him through and ran him through the gospel and decided he wanted to give his life to Christ. He looks at me and he says, Ethan, I want to get baptized. The whole time we were walking there, I was running through what baptism looked like. But we slipped into this pit. I asked him, do you believe in Jesus Christ? I do. Do you believe he died and rose for your sins, I do mate? believe he died right. and rose for my sins. Well, then, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I pulled him out of this mud, and this guy was covered head to toe in the most rank, thick mud you can imagine. But it's funny, because it was the cleanest he'd ever been. Then he goes back to that party, and he starts telling everyone about Jesus. Man, he was a changed man. His friends don't want to borrow it. They're like, ah, oh, stop playing games. But it was changed. Well, bro, thank you so much. What a powerful story, and that has so encouraged me, and I hope that has encouraged you. Beautiful, hey? Yeah. See, that's just a, a, a picture of normal Christianity. So today, I want to talk to you about the heart. And I was thinking, you know, in this next season, I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff with Thrive. One, uh, one day a month, I've uh, committed to come in and just build the, the arm of evangelism in our church. And it starts this Tuesday. And it's super exciting for me, and I believe it's a real God thing. And so I thought today would be a really good day to equip you, to inspire you, to go and win the lost. I thought, yes. And then I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, I'm in different churches every weekend. And when you're from this church, you kind of see some stuff. And what I see is, and I love the bride, I love the body of Christ. My job is to equip it, to inspire it, to see this thing grow. But there's a bit of dysfunction in the body, and it's to do with the heart. And I think before we get the masses to come in here, we need to get our hearts right. So today, I want to talk to you about the heart. And this might be a little bit confronting for some, and that's okay. Email Glenn this week, <laughs> because I'm going to say it how it is. Um, and, and it was interesting, I was at the... I was at the pool the other day at Dudley uh, with Benji and Nevaeh, and I was just about to, to jump in and have a swim with them, and, and I just thought, wow, there's so many people at the pool, and I counted 62. There were 62 humans in the water, and I was sitting there going, wow, I might wait for some to get out, and da, da, da. and I was watching them around the um, Lazy River. There were so many kids in the Lazy River, and there was these two guys like my age, and, and, uh, and the, the kids were bumping into these two older guys, and, and I'm sitting there going, what the heck are they doing? 
the lazy river's for kids. What on earth are they doing? And, they're bumming, and then they started bumping into my kids. I thought, well, hello. Lifeguard, are you going to do something? What's going on? And so I'm looking at the lifeguard. Lifeguard's just standing there doing that. And I go, oh, I've got to do something. I thought, this is ridiculous, man. These men should not be in the kids' pool in the lazy river because they're banging into the kids. I thought, right. So I got up and I started wandering over. As I started wandering over, one of the guys gets out of the pool. So I just thought, okay, we'll just freeze frame for a bit. And he went and got a crane to get his friend out of the pool because his friend was paralyzed. And I thought to myself, it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to judge when you don't know the brokenness that someone's carrying. You don't know what's happening in their life, but it's so easy to judge. And as Christians, it's time to stop judging. Oh my goodness. And we sometimes do it and put a little spiritual slant on it. Hey, brother, can we pray for such and such? Do you know he's done this? Do you know she's done this? That's evil, man. What's the condition of your heart? Because it scares me this verse. Isaiah prophesied this 700 years before Christ. And then Jesus picks it up again. He said, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. These people come to me with all these amazing words, but the heart is far from me. See, being a Christian doesn't mean that you, you've got to fill this logbook for church attendance. It doesn't, man. And then Jesus picks it up again in Matthew uh, 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Where's your heart at today? What's in your heart? Who's someone or some people that you need to apologize to? Because we often pray, Lord, bring them in, bring them in, bring the lost in. We want to bring them into a healthy home, not a dysfunctional home, where they walk in and go, oh my goodness, there's more chaos in this room than what there is in the pub. I'm out of here. It's about this, getting this sweet. And I see so, so often I see people just trying to climb that Christian ladder, just so desperate for that golden microphone, man. And they're pushing people off the ladder on the way up because they just want to be do something or be someone for God. But God doesn't want you to be blooming Christians. I think he's pulling his hair out going, oh, trying so hard to be Christians. What if they were just sons and daughters? What if they do stuff just for an audience of one? You see, because when our heart is in a good place, you're not going to have to try and share the gospel. It will just flow out. You okay? A couple of the words that we sung this morning, I took a couple of photos of them. Shout Jesus from the mountains, shout Jesus from the streets. We sung those words this morning. Are we going to do that this week or is that just something that we do on Sunday? I shout your name in the mountains. It's just like, really? What if we were to do that? 
What if we were to share the gospel? And I don't mean do it like me and be weird and just be you. But you've got to do something, surely. I remember in another verse that we sung that I thought was interesting. I won't let the rocks cry out in my place. But you see, if we're just worshipping Jesus on Sunday in a service, then the rocks will start crying out. What about the other six days? What are you playing on your stereo in your car? What are you playing when you're listening to music or whatnot at the gym? The first lockdown that we had, um, we, we were living in Ambly. This isn't an easy message for me to share. Just letting you know that. This is not fun for me. Because I know there's people that are going, oh my goodness. But someone's got to say it. Yeah, I'm going to. So we had that first lockdown and, and one of the days I was in my, in my office in, in Amberley there and, and this sounds quite spiritual but honestly this was unusual. I was kneeling in my office and I had worship music playing and as I was kneeling in my office with worship music playing, I saw a picture of an altar call that, that I did, that I, I preached and did this altar call at the Victory Centre in Auckland a few years beforehand. And so many people responded that night. Like, I have legit got the best photos of that night. It's amazing. You see, but when they, when they were having a chat to me before the service, they said, please make sure that you stay on the stage because of all the TV cameras and stuff. But I got off the stage. And, and God's showing me this and showing me that night, and it was like a... Um, a moment where I could go, oh, wow, yes. I'm so glad you remember that one, God, because that was the pinnacle of global gospel movement. That was the pinnacle of our ministry. That night was so amazing. And then he, he showed me that as I was walking through the crowd and doing this, and, and so many people said yes to Jesus that night. Got the best photos. And as I'm on my knees just... We're kind of having this proud father-son moment. He spoke to my heart so clearly, and he said, it would have been way better if you'd done that with me. I was just broken. I said, oh, my goodness. What is the condition of my heart? And then I started scrolling through my social media, and I was going, oh, my goodness. What is the condition of my heart? Why am I doing this? Because I was trying to please a God that was already pleased. He had become the boss on the cross. Instead of the lover of my soul. And, and it, it was so challenging because that's what I was kind of known for. Well, let's get Daz and he does good articles. And I look at my heart and go, well, why am I doing them? Because it can almost step into manipulation. Because people have free will. It was such a mind bender. And then, and it was kind of cool timing because I couldn't go and preach because of the lockdown. And I remember the, the first preach after lockdown, 
I was so scared to do an altar call because I wasn't sure. I was going, God, is it fixed? Have we fixed it or is it still there? I was proper scared, preaching, looking at my notes, going, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do this soon. Oh no. Oh no. And then when I got up and did an altar call, I said, maybe you're in here today and you need to get right with God. And, and I was actually sitting on the stage. I was super passive. I was just so scared. And I just watched people flood the altar. I thought, wow. That was more about him than me. And from that day, it's been so different. Wherever I go, little wee churches, massive conferences, I couldn't give a rip how many people respond because you have free will. You choose. You can walk in here today with all the sin and baggage and junk, addiction, and walk out exactly the same. Or you can respond to the altar and give, lay it all on this altar and say, Jesus, here I am. Change me. Heal me. Help me. And he will. It's about you. And I'm not saying that older calls are bad. I am saying that my heart was not good. That insecurity, that brokenness in me, that little boy that wanted everyone to like him was being projected from a platform, and that's super dangerous, man. Because it was the heart. Where's your heart at? These people come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Do you know, heart is the language of heaven. The Bible says, confess with your mouth. This is kind of where we've got the sinner's prayer from. That's not actually in the Bible, FYI. Just letting you know that. But this is kind of where we've got it from. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That's a prayer. Yeah? Confess with your mouth, but believe in your heart. The transaction when you get saved is between heart and heaven. See, because you can know a lot about him without knowing him at all. I know a lot about Richie McCaw, one of New Zealand's best cricket players. Loves helicopters. Married, kids. I know a lot about him, but I don't actually know him at all. Do you know Jesus, or do you just know a little bit about Jesus? Because the Bible says he comes and lives in us. It's Christ in us. And if we can get that bit right, then we'll be in meetings where we so want to throw someone under the bus and we'll go, no, not going to do that. That's not godly. That goes against the DNA that's inside of me. I remember I was speaking at a church and, uh, and I did the youth on a Wednesday night. Um, and this young girl, I think she was 15, she came up to me and she said, Hey, I just want to thank you. And I said, Oh, awesome. What, what, what for? And she said, I just want to thank you for preaching a few years ago at church here. I said, sweet. I said, it's a pretty cool job, hey. And I had Michael, my friend, standing with me. And, and so she starts telling us about her dad. And see, the, the father 
came to church that Sunday. He was not a churchgoer at all. And got radically saved on an altar call. See, God uses us even through our brokenness. He's not saying, get it all sorted, then I can use you. He wants to use you now. The woman at the well, she had issues, yeah? Five husbands, the one that you're with. Jesus didn't say, hey, we're going to do the marriage course, the alpha one. That's a good one. Let's get some sozos into you. Probably need wears to lay his hands on you. Well, Jesus probably wouldn't have said you need wears. He probably said he would lay his hands on. And then we can use you. You know, the Bible says that she left the water jar at the well. The thing that she went to the well for, she left. Why? Because she had an encounter with perfect love. And even in her brokenness, she went and told the first recorded evangelist in the Bible as a lady. I think that's amazing. If you guys don't think women should minister, you need to pull your head in and read the Bible. So she goes back to the town and invites the whole town to meet this man. But she still had brokenness. God will use you where you're at. We've just got to get this bit right. So Michael said something really interesting to this young girl. He said, so what's changed in your house now that your dad got saved? And the young girl said, home is now safe. Home is now safe because dad had an encounter with Jesus. Got a little video of that. We'll just end with us. Check it out. Jesus really saved you, hey? He did. 100%. Awesome, man. Dad hadn't been to church in a while and that he went for the first time with mum in ages and he got saved that day. Pretty incredible because I didn't feel like he was really interested in God and then suddenly he was and he was... It opened our family up to so many more different opportunities. He became a lot more tolerant of the small things. It's amazing because now we're all going to church on a Sunday. We're doing devotionals at dinner time. We're praying all the time and it's just amazing. You are a champion, mate. Let's hear from your dad, eh? Village Church. How did you end up there? Uh, my wife had been going there for quite some time, and she she came home and there was two services that day, and she said, "This guy that is preaching is amazing, and you need to you need to come. Would you would you go?" Ten. He loves you so much. Nine. He's got such a plan for your life. If you need to get right with God, stand up right now. Um, my, my heart was just beating. Seven! He died so you can live! It was beating so fast. Eight! Every addiction! He can rip it off you! Just started to pound him. Six! He's a good, good father! Five! You know, I could feel it getting bigger and bigger. Four! He died for you, but he also died as you! As you got down and when you got to one, I just felt it in my heart and I needed to stand up. Wow. What does life look like now, four years later? Day in, day out, it's just 
I don't know, I just I feel good about myself, I feel good about my family. I do more for my family. Um, I've made better friends in my life. Just doors open in the right direction. Other doors open in the wrong direction, but I still have that choice and I'll choose the right direction. And um, I've, I've been um, trying, to, trying to live my life um, the way God would want me to. This is my little blue truck. Mum, you'll remember this. And probably Sonia, you remember my little, you bought it. So. And we, we have a lot of, in our house, we've got, Brezzy and I, we, we've got a lot of children. And we've got a lot of toys. And there's no toy in my house that is as special as my little blue truck. But you see, my little blue truck, it's, it's got no back wheels. The window screen's broken. But this is so special to me. I remember when I was a little boy and struggling with life, I'd look forward to coming home from school and getting out my little blue truck and playing with it. This is so special, but yet so broken. You can't actually use it for what it's been designed for because it's so broken. But yet for me, it's so special. And often we try and hide our brokenness from Him. And we wear these masks, especially these Sunday masks, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Really, your world's falling apart and you just got this mask on, this mask on. God wants you to come just as you are with your brokenness. He's not saying, clean it up, fix the window screen, get some new wheels, give it a paint job. He's not saying, get yourself sorted, then come to me. He's saying, come just as you are. Stop playing games, man. There's going to be a day that everyone that can hear my voice and online, you're going to stand eye to eye with Jesus and give an account for your life. Don't be deceived, man. There's coming a day where the loving Savior will become a severe judge. Do you believe that? Because if you get tied up with this woke Christianity and everyone's cool and everything's love and Papa's good, no, Papa's not good. Papa hates sin. Sin's an issue to Papa. If sin wasn't an issue, there's no need for a Savior. For God so loved the world that He got His Son to come to earth, get ripped apart on a cross. He hung up there naked for you and for me to say, I love you this much. This is the doorway now into heaven. It's called the cross. But yet often we don't like talking about it. Heaven forbid someone would talk about hell. But yet there's people falling into there right now. Come on. There's an urgency. It's not just singing lovely songs that give you the... the, uh. We've got friends and families that are lost, broken. But we don't want to offend them with the gospel. What the heck? Do you know how backwards that is? The Bible actually says you will be hated for my namesake. If everyone likes you, Houston, we've got a problem. 
he's worthy to be talked about. And this morning, he wants to invade your life. He wants to brand you just the way you are. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. We're all going to stand and we're going to sing it. Because it is Amazing Grace. And here's the deal. If you've never given your life to Jesus, today is that day. Where you ask Him to forgive you of all of your sin. You thank Him for the cross. You ask Him to come and live in you. It's the most precious, beautiful thing a human can do. It changes everything. Or maybe you've been stirred as I've been talking and you've looked at the condition of your heart and you've gone, you know what? My lifestyle doesn't actually back up my belief system. I'm more passionate about Netflix than what I am, Jesus. I don't wake up in the morning with Jesus on my mind. I don't go to bed at night with Jesus on my mind. I'd far rather read Woman's Weekly than the Word of God. How much time are you spending with Him? Today is your day to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm all in. I'm leaving this room different. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for your pastors. They're not going to stand beside you the day you walk into heaven. come into the world alone and you leave alone and the truth is the truth regardless of what you think God sends no one to hell but he honours every decision a human being makes if we could sing Amazing Grace if everyone could just stand up and if you need to come forward there's absolutely no pressure man far out. If I could put barbed wire across here, I would. Show him you're serious. You might be a leader in this room and some of the things that I've said to you today have stung like anything. Good. I'm glad. Do something with it. This altar is open for you to come and kneel down and say, Jesus, here I am. Young people, I'm talking to you. All he wants is all of you, and he'll do something so beautiful with it. The shadow of depression, anxiety, suicide, all that junk, he wants just to lift it off you. The Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You can be so free today. Don't let the devil hold you in the seat anymore. He breaks every shackle, every chain. This is the day that the Lord has made today. You are here right now under divine appointment. My question is, what are you going to do with Jesus?